Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. So today we're going to look at a story involving Elijah. Um, And we find ourselves near the end of 1 Kings, uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 17, verses 7 to 16. Uh, But before we get into today's story, I want to paint a bit of a picture of uh, where we find ourselves in the Bible. So we're starting this series at the back end of uh, 1 Kings, um, but let's go back to the beginning of, of this book briefly. So King David has just died and Solomon is now king over Israel. And uh, at this point, uh, Solomon is a man who is really on fire for God. Um, God appears to Solomon and and says to him, ask for whatever you want. Um, And Solomon asks for wisdom. So all all good so far. Um, Solomon displayed such wisdom in how he administered justice among the people. Uh, He builds the temple. And he developed Israel into a, into a trading hub. Um, and at this point, we probably find Israel at its most kind of prosperous uh, in its history. Um, so all rosy. Um, we've got fair administration of justice. We've got security. We've got prosperity. However, slowly, slowly, Solomon's heart turned away from God. He kind of introduced conscripted labour for Israel, kind of essentially putting them back into a sort of slavery that God had saved them from. Uh, for the first time, he, he introduced taxes. So finances were not collected by tithes uh, or and offerings as kind of part of worship and obedience and giving glory to God, but, but by compulsion. Um, and probably most harmful of all, um, Solomon took many foreign wives uh, who in turn brought their, their foreign gods. And slowly, these gods took greater and greater prominence in Israel. And God's people were less and less a people walking in obedience and worship of him. Uh, then, uh, to make things worse, after Solomon, we have his son Rehoboam as king. And he takes some bad advice and he says to the people, uh, you think things were bad under Solomon, you ain't seen nothing yet. Or, you know, a paraphrase to that effect. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this, this leads to the breakup of the kingdom, Israel and Judah, a, a breakup that, that would never be restored. So for the people of Israel, justice, gone, security, gone, prosperity, gone. And Elijah arrives into this and he speaks into a broken kingdom, a broken people. And that's where we find ourselves now at the start of this, story, of this series. Um, and in this context, the story we're looking at this morning describes two people, describes Elijah and a widow. And both of these, these characters, uh, in the midst of the societal crises around them, are also in the midst of pretty big personal ones too. And so we're in uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, 
verses 7 to 16. So let's uh, read this story together. Wonderful. Uh, Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gates, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Um, So this this is an amazing story about the provision of God, about about God the provider. And this morning, uh, we're going to look at how God provides for Elijah. And then we're going to see what God's provision means for, for the widow in the story, how God sees and chooses her and then invites her to respond to be a part of God's purposes. Um, So to start off, let's uh, look a little at what's going on with Elijah in this passage. So if um, you can see in your, if you have a Bible, if you look back to the start of chapter 17, you'll see that um, Elijah prophesied to the then king that there would be a great um, drought in Israel. Uh, Then God provides for Elijah by leading him to a brook where he could drink from and where uh, ravens brought him bread and meat. Quite quite incredible, really. I mean, do you tip ravens? Like, I never quite know tipping etiquette. Um, But it's miraculous provision from God in a time of drought. But then the brook dries up. So Elijah's means of survival his provision from God, is gone. At this point, God says to Elijah, um, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. Um, Now, I imagine a few alarm bells would be ringing here for Elijah. Firstly, um, Zarephath, I'm hoping not to have to pronounce that name too many more times this morning, but it's, it's a Gentile city. Um, and Baal was worshipped there. Um, and it would seem a pretty unusual place for Elijah to experience God's provision. So, uh, I'm sorry. And secondly, 
God tells Elijah that a widow would provide him with food. Um, and now in the, the ancient world, to be, to be a widow meant, meant poverty. So not a likely source of provision. So Elijah had a choice. Go to the dodgy city and receive food from someone who, on the face of it, had nothing to give. Or choice two, stay at the now dried up brook. Um, I think if, if I were in Elijah's position, I might think, you know what, this, that sounds, you know, interesting, but this brook has served me pretty well. It's literally kept me alive and I had a good thing going with those raisins. Raisins? <laughs> Maybe that's what they brought him, I don't know. Um, I had a good thing going with those ravens. Um, maybe if I leave them a bit of bread, I can make them a nice nest. They could come back. They could bring me some food. Um, but verse 10, it says, so he went to Zarephath. So in this scenario, we have two potential means of provision, but there is one provider. Ultimately, Elijah did not weigh up the, the pros and the cons of the, of the means but he put his trust in the provider. In in our lives, naturally, we we look for security. We can look for security in in our means. And it's often not that a a means is, is wrong, but over everything, we know that there is one provider, that everything given to us is from him. And maybe perhaps we, we know those times of thinking, oh, it would be so much easier if we just earned a bit more money or, or I'd be much more satisfied if I had a job that was more fulfilling, exciting, less stressful, more flexible, better, play, better uh, paying, etc. job. Or if, if I were married, if I weren't married, if I had a bigger house, if, if, if. And sometimes we need to ask ourselves that question what what do I want what does my what is my heart longing for here do I have a list of criteria in my head where when fulfilled life will be rosy or are we willing to lean fully on God amidst the shifting sands of this world and if we reflect and think do you know what? I'm finding it really hard to trust God for this. I, I have been wanting the security. I'd say don't miss out on the opportunity to put your trust in the great provider. To, to repent, to, to know freedom from the ifs and the pressures. Freedom in Christ. You see... Elijah's call away from the security of the brook was a call to something greater. Sometimes God loosens us from the the securities of this world to draw us deeper into the purposes of his kingdom. His call to leave a place of providence into uh, an unknown untrusted city was a call into greater dependence and deeper 
relationship with God. God calling Elijah to Zarephath was a call to trust. Trust in the character of God. Trust that he would provide. So uh, this is a story of God's provision, of God our provider. And in, in the rest of this story, we see how God provides for Elijah. And we'll see how God provides for the widow too. And through this, ultimately, we see how God provides for us in Christ today. Um, and it's at this point in our passage, we meet the second character in our story, uh, the widow. And um, it's this woman, she, she has almost nothing. She has no, no provider, no provision, no security for tomorrow. And so we read in verse 10, uh, when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And here we see the, the gravity of the widow's situation. And we, we can read that last bit as a, as a statement of mentality, which, which it is to some extent, but, but more so it's, it's a matter of fact statement. It's a description of her situation. This, this um, jar, of flour is, jar of flour is all that she has in the world. She, and she has no means of getting anymore. So after they've eaten this, all that they have, they will die. And this is what Elijah says to her in response. Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So this morning, I just want us to have a look at two things that I think we can learn from God's provision through Elijah for this widow. Uh, Firstly, The widow is seen and chosen by God. And secondly, that God invites her to respond, to to join in. So first we see the widow is seen and chosen by God. Those first three words, don't be afraid. Elijah sees the widow completely. This, This poor woman was terrified at the point of death. But God chooses to bless her and through her to bless others, Elijah, in this story. Now, at the beginning of uh, Jesus' ministry, he he stood up in a synagogue and he read from from Isaiah. Um, And he read, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And essentially, he was, he was saying to the Jews there in that synagogue who had been waiting for the Messiah their whole lives, he's saying, I'm your guy. And from, from the people who are supposed to be the most jubilant uh, of the arrival of Jesus, Jesus was met with a, who are you? Um, a hard-heartedness. And after he does this, Jesus uses this same story of the widow that we're looking at today to show how God chooses his people based not on a heritage, a name, a position in society, but because of their faith. Our God is a God who goes to those on the margins, the poor, the brokenhearted, and says, don't be afraid. I am enough for you. When we see throughout the Bible that people that God chooses, it is always an encouragement and a challenge. It's, it's an encouragement to the downtrodden and a stern check to our pride. An encouragement that God's love is available for anyone who is willing to surrender to him. A challenge uh, that there was nothing in and of ourselves, of our own merit, that brought us into relationship with God. So God sees this widow. He sees that she is terrified and looks to replace fear with trust and give her the dignity, the hope, the lasting provision of being chosen by God brought into his purposes, his kingdom. And from this, we see God's provision for the widow is is an invitation. It's an invitation to put her trust in God. In verses 13, 14 of this passage, we see that invitation or a call to act and a promise. So similarly to how we saw with Elijah's call to come to Zarephath earlier, the the widow has has a choice. God's promises for her, given here by Elijah, and her provision are, are interwoven with her own involvement, her faith. So, you know, Elijah could have said, um, here's here's a load of flour that will keep you going throughout the drought. Um, Before you go, could you whip up a loaf for me and and I'll be on my way? Um, And that would have provided materially for the widow and her son. But more than material provision, through Elijah, God comes to a woman who is terrified and brings hope Dignity drafts her into the purposes of God. This woman's invitation is not a light one. The invitation is to give everything she has. What her survival depends on. And um, this reminds me of of another story. um, A story 
in, in Mark's gospel of, of another widow. And in, in this situation, Jesus watches as rich people um, come, come and give big offerings to the temple. And then a poor widow comes in and gives two small coins. Of this, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So financially, the widow definitely didn't put in more money than the rich people in that temple. So there must be something else that Jesus is talking about here. Um, The rich people, yes, they put in large amounts of money, but, but their hope for tomorrow, their security, their prosperity, they held firmly onto. The, the widow here, she held on to nothing. Her hope for tomorrow, her security was entirely surrendered to God. She had no hope other than to live by faith in God. Elijah said to the widow in our story, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. The widow responds to this promise and she responds with faith by giving over the last of her flour and trusting in what Elijah has said. She gives over everything. And, you know, this, this is the, the great challenge of the Christian faith, to, to have faith in Christ, that he is enough. But it is also the great privilege of being in Christ, the promise that he is enough, that his promises over us, his everlasting provision he has given us is enough. Now, um, I, was, I was never actually supposed to come to Manchester. Uh, it's kind of like my, my Zarephath, you know, this strange northern city. Um, and after leaving uni, uh, I had a place on a programme to teach and I was, I was moving to Newcastle. Well, actually, I went there, I moved to Newcastle. Um, no less strange, to be fair, let's be honest. Um, but um, I had no school to, to teach in um, and this programme ended up having to look nationally for a school and quite suddenly I found out that I was going to be in Manchester in a few weeks, in a few weeks' time. Um, and so I came to Manchester without knowing anyone here and, and started teaching in quite a challenging environment. And during that time, I really had to trust every day that Christ was enough. That, that in him, he would give me everything I needed to, to get through that day. 
Um, I remember in, in those two years teaching at that school, um, Sue, uh, my community group leader at the time, she was also a teacher, and she would pray for me every day as she walked uh, to her school to teach. Um, and in those two years, I, I learned to put one foot in front of the other and trust that, that God had me and was enough for me. And not only that, he had brought me to this place to walk with him through it, to grow in relationship to him. Um, uh, Elizabeth Elliot was a missionary and author, and uh, her first husband was killed when uh, he went to preach the gospel to the Waroni people in Ecuador. And her second husband died of cancer. And she said the following, um, if your faith rests in your idea of how God is supposed to answer your prayers, then that kind of faith is very shaky and is bound to be demolished when the storms of life hit. But if your faith rests on the character of him who is the eternal I am, then that kind of faith is rugged and will endure. In the middle of, the, of drought, in uh, the challenging circumstances in our lives, our hope can so easily be in being in easier circumstances. But we can have faith in the character of God. We can put our trust in him, our great provider. The one who provides, the one who is with us, provides for us in and through the drought. So the story of, of Elijah and the widow is a story of God's amazing provision, God, the all-giving provider, through no, no merit of anyone in this story to receive God's provision, but by grace alone. And we see that this provision for Elijah and the widow was an overflow of God's love for them, and in this to draw both of them deeper in, deeper into a relationship and trust with God, that they may live by faith in relationship to the one who saves them from death, saves them through the drought, giving them all that they need. And this is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus in which we stand today, that through no merit of our own, far from him, in Jesus' death and resurrection, God calls us to put our faith in him and him alone and stand in the promise that Christ is enough. So we're going to respond shortly. So I'm going to invite the band to come up. We're going to respond in some sung worship. But maybe this morning you're thinking, I, I love you, Jesus, but I'm, I'm finding it so hard to trust you with, with this, to trust you here. Later, we're gonna, we'd love to 
give some space to pray with you this morning. And also, if, if the, the drought, that, that lack, like being in a desert and not having any water, if that just feels so real to you this morning, you know, we too, we have a promise of provision in Jesus and an invitation to walk with him. God is our great provider. In his provision, he calls us deeper into relationship with him, to trust him with our everything.